Here we go. Ready. I'm ready when you are, Tim. You just start when you, you feel comfortable and ready to start. Just shut up. <laughs> Greetings, my excellent friends, and welcome back to the San Dimas School of Film Podcast. Join us on our most excellent adventure through time as we discuss all genres of film. My name is Tim. With me in the electronic booth today, as always, is Jules, Al, and Brad. How are the three of you? Magnificent. Cruise all round. <laughs> um, today, listener request, Adam Tingay is going to take us through the circuits of time, only back to 2018. We may have been there before, who knows? Um, to watch the Danish thriller, The Guilty. Um, before we get started, at the San Dimas School of Film, we acknowledge and are grateful to our first storytellers, the Rwandari people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the unceded lands that we are recording on. Woo! Before we go back in time, Jules, we also need to just make a little disclaimer. We know everyone, the new Bill Teddy's out. We will have a bit of a discussion about that a bit later on. So relax, put your pants back on, <laughs> get through this episode right. first, and then we'll mention that later on. So Jules, hit the booth. Gentlemen, we're history. Uh, 2018, Brad, I can see you looking down at your notes, ready to go. Extensive notes written. Oh, without further ado, and without any intro music, it's time for History with Brad. Yeah, glad to be here. Seamless. Seamless, exactly. Um, all right, The Guilty, 2018. Uh, just to save the hassle, it was filmed in 2.39 to 1, went for an hour. I knew this one! <laughs> 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 well, 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 He'd finally done uh, his homework. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, 2018 was basically, the media was just all over Trump. He was into everything. So we had... Him dealing with uh, North Korea, him dealing with Russia, him dealing with immigration, his legal issues, being, ending up in Supreme Court. And then he decided twice through the year to actually shut down the, the US government. So he was all over the place. Plus, something that probably he would consider really, really inconvenient was the Me Too movement started. So that was very inconvenient for someone like Trump. Um, Mark great Zuckerberg. For the rest of us. Uh, so, yeah, well, <laughs> great for the rest of the planet. Exactly right. Um, Mark Zuckerberg ended up in court from his data mining scandal and his company lost. All right, this is just putting into perspective how these dudes just work in a whole different reality to the rest of us. His company lost in share value $119 billion. Jeez. In, one- oh, <laughs> in a month, did you say? One day. Or in a day. Oh. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, you know. Like, holy oh, shit. In a day, oh, is that all? Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and uh, That's before like you the- go on, before you go on, Brad, that um that whole court case brought us one of the best gifts ever of Mark Zuckerberg sipping water. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but <laughs> he does the most robotic, tiniest sip of water, and it just went crazy on the internet. Excellent. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Um, just as I said, just a whole nother level of just wow. Like that's that's some country's national debt. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, several fold. Um, yeah, exactly right. Um, the gun control debate uh, sparked up in the US again with a lot of students um, protesting about it. Um, there was a lot of early on in the year, there was a lot of mass shootings at schools and so forth in the US. But uh, that unfortunately just seems to be a common occurrence. Um, Qantas launched a direct flight from Perth to Heathrow. So the longest flight um, in the world. Um, on the world. And from what Around I heard from the people... <laughs> Longest non-stop uh, commercial flight anyway, um, passenger flight. So from what I heard was... Think about how many movies you could watch on that. plane finally... Oh, Oh, yeah. The rumours were that when the the plane finally landed at Heathrow, the poor guys that actually opened the door (laughs) to let the passengers out was like being punched in the face of this absolute horrid stench. 
Um, <laughs> no. Just these people that have been trapped in like basically breathing in each other's farts for however long that flight is. <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently, it was no, absolutely I never, horrendous. I never thought of um, it. When we, at the start of the year, when I went overseas and I was coming back because of COVID and I wore a mask the whole flight, that mask was the grossest thing. Oh, yeah. it would have been moist. By the time I got back, it was horrific. <laughs> I can't imagine what it soaked up while I was on the plane. Anyway, sorry, yeah. Brad. And that was just to Japan, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was like, so yeah, it was like <laughs> basically triple that flight. And just imagine that. That was horrible. <laughs> um, Prince Harry married Meghan. Uh, Ireland repealed the ban on abortion, um, which for a heavily Catholic-based country was a massive thing. But um, Ireland seems to be now quite a progressive country um which is which is very good um france won the world cup i remember actually leaving france i was in in europe at the time so we actually left france two days before the final came on because of um historically how the french like to celebrate wins and losses <laughs> in world cup finals so we went to spain it was much safer um wow. so they won and i think still six people died um, oh so, yeah. <laughs> isn't that um, that's like a that's like a joke out of basketball, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Where like there's a there are reports of the celebrations in in Detroit. So or Detroit whatever. Detroit wins the basketball championship. Yeah, and, it's like and the death toll. In the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Fire that's fire and the... satire, kids. This is yeah. When, when, Go back uh, to yeah, our last episode. Satire becomes reality. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. Um, the yellow vest movement was also a massive thing in France at the, at the same time. And ScoMo, or Scotty from Marketing, stabbed Malcolm Turnbull in the back to become the new Prime Minister of Australia. Yay. The 10th in 12 months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mind you, we haven't had a new one since, so that, that he did buck a trend. We've had yeah, more prime true. ministers than Mark Zuckerberg lost in a day. <laughs> <laughs> So that's 2018. Oh, very good. Good segment. Wow. Great segment. The guilty guys. Fuck me. Wow. <laughs> like, seriously, fuck me. Are we all exhausted or what? Man, oh, I, dude, I told you guys last night when I was watching this. I was like halfway through this film when they're sort of like when you work out what's happening. I was seriously sitting on this couch here, like almost going to vomit through the absolute horrific nature of what was being spoken about on the thing. Yeah. It was like, I, I struggled to get past that halfway point. Like really, I was almost in tears. Fuck oh, I me. Seriously. <laughs> I, I, I really struggled emotionally with this film. Like this is right wow. now for me, where I am right now emotionally, this was not good. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, like, this was, this was, gr- look, it was great. Oh, it's a good film. Don't it's get me wrong. Really it was all good. good. <laughs> so good. You know, it was that, like isn't a... that what's that's what makes it good? Was that it like it it evoked that emotion in you? Yeah. It was. Oh man. And well, wow. you, use your, you use your imagination for a lot of the stuff that's going on. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's... There was basically one character in the film that we saw. Everyone else was basically just just voice. We only heard them on the phone. There was two sets in the entire film of him in the main <laughs> office and then in the little office. And there was maybe, what, three other people that had one sentence lines in the whole film that we saw. Other than that, it was basically just him. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, so it was intense. It was so intense. Yeah. Yeah. It led me to look up a few other, like, single location films because they're, they're always great. They're always super intense. They're always really well put together. You know, there's only so many different angles you can get of a person, but somehow, like in this film, I really noticed it. They, they just keep finding new ways, and and it and it helps because it it heightens so much of what you're hearing because it's all he can hear. You mm. know, you know, all he has is audio. And that's mm. all. There's a couple. There's a couple of good scenes where they um, when he's it's like when the police pull over uh, the the first van and like when the police going into the house and things like that where the camera gets real tight in on his face you know and like it just takes your focus like right to what's going on and yeah. what we're listening to you just eliminate everything around it like 
I think it's like his eyes are in focus, the microphone on his, uh, sorry, the, the uh, little earpiece on his, on his ear is in focus and everything else is like blurred out. Like it just, it just nails home that, you know, let's just eliminate everything that's going on around us unless we're, we're completely focused on what's going on in this phone call. And like, we're so invested, you know, like that first band pullover, like you're sitting there going, oh man, you know, like you're just listening to the windscreen wipers. Like, and you can't yeah, this was, a, this was a Foley artist's dream, oh. this film. Yeah, yeah. Sure. it was like, done like, so well. Was done the shit's so about well to go down. So realistic. Let's, and let's, yeah. like you, you know, it's like a book, right? Like you, you're listening to that scene and you're imagining the scene in your head. You're imagining the yeah. weather. You're imagining the white van on the side of the road. It's dark. The cops are out, probably guns drawn, all this sort of stuff. Like, that's what I like about it. It's it's like a it's like a book but in movie form because yeah, a lot for of sure. we all all four of us have a different idea of what that scene looks like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's so yeah. vivid. Like the yeah. you know, no, I mean, and the and it proves what a strong medium audio is. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's so evocative and the time like even just I really loved the the hum of the car. Like, so when he was talking to, when he was switching between dispatch and the car, we should probably explain vaguely what this film's about too. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Good point. Uh, and for anybody that hasn't seen it, there is definitely going to be spoiled. Yeah. Look, if you haven't like, seen this, watch the movie first. If you haven't seen this, this film, the guilty it's, it's still on SBS for another couple of days. It's it, uh, definitely worth checking out. It's basically about a cop. Put away, a, put away a good hour and twenty-five minutes of absolute concentration on the screen, though, because the dialogue, obviously, unless you speak Danish, um, oh man, you have to really watch this film. Which, which, but it's it's so easy to watch because it's so intense. You don't want to miss anything that's going on because you, yeah. So put away, put away that hour and twenty-five. So it's a so it's a, a cop. It's a police officer who is working the emergency services number. Yeah, because he's been stood down from active duty. Yeah, and you don't understand case, why to start out. with. Yeah, yeah, that comes later. Which which I really love how they tell us all that, how they divulge that information. You know, it's all about hey, good luck tomorrow, uh, and how's how's your partner doing, and you know all this sort of stuff. You get these little snippets, uh, and then he receives yeah, a call like the, from a woman. The first thing is, yeah, sorry, I'll I'll shut up. No, sorry. And then he receives a call from a woman who uh, has been abducted, and she can't. You know, these calls happen a lot where you can't say that you've called nine one one. You can, you can't openly discuss what the problem is. Um. And so he jumps straight into action and a series of events unfold to the climax of the film, which is, you know, we'll get into spoilers, but it's a good time to pause now and uh, go and go and have a watch because it's, it's pretty breathtaking. Mm. Yes, it is. Um, Very much. Yeah. So carry on. What are we saying? (laughs) Oh, I, uh, you know what? I'm going to go right to the start here. Totally the opposite of what we normally oh, do. But... How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I watched this. I watched this twice. Uh, but the first time I watched it, the the very first thing that we we're introduced to is the phone ringing. Yeah. And it sounds exactly the same as the phone ringing from the Matrix. So as soon as it started ringing, a part of me was going, "I'm waiting for Morpheus to start talking." Go, welcome to the Matrix. <laughs> like it sounds just like it. <laughs> waiting like for the green. Just like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh man, it sounds just like it. So, um, but I, I was, I, man, I, I was way on board with this movie. I, like I actually put in my notes, like I've written down the aspect ratio, Matrix phone ring start. And then my third comment is I'm so on board with this movie. So something about this movie within the first few minutes of it had me, I was just like, oh yeah, man. I agree. Like, straight away. I was just like, I am completely on board with this movie. I just want to go back to what you were saying, saying you know, about it. It's you know being a Danish film. I I can't say I know much about um, uh, what Dutch uh, Danish. in that language. Danish, Danish? Dutch is a whole Danish. other country. Dutch is a different. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like I'm sitting there going because initially I was trying to figure out what language I was speaking, and I'm like, oh, they speaking German. I'm like, no, it's not it's German. Danish because I didn't want to. It's Danish. Well, because I actually had to look up where the movie was made. I didn't know where 
Denmark. It was. I, I, Denmark, yes. Anyway, yeah, that's um, why they speak Danish. Sorry, just bring you back to one of my one of my favourite Seinfeld uh, lines, which is when George is going, I'm Dutch? going to the, I'm going to the Netherlands for, for holidays. And he goes, and then I'm going to go to Holland. <laughs> and then Seinfeld goes, oh, but they're the same thing. And he goes, so if Netherlands, Netherlands and the Holland are the same thing, who are the Dutch? but i want to i want to focus on the language i swear that this entire movie he the asga our our the main protagonist he doesn't move his lips and it just sounds like he's mumbling the whole time and i'm like how can anybody understand that like even when he says the numbers it's like you know he i think the emergency number is one one two yeah. To get the emergency service. Oh, four, one, like, one, six, nine, three. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like when he says it to the kid, it's just like, eh, eh, eh. Like, and he's like, eh, eh, eh. And like, I swear to God, you're not saying anything, dude. I'm swear you're just mumbling. Like it, it's insane. Like he talks so fast. Look, I'd put that down to your. I'd put that down to the lack of grasp on the Danish language that you have, Jules. Oh, like, <laughs> like I've, been, I've been learning. I've been learning German and, and it's Dutch kind of the same well. thing. And Dutch, you know, but, yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been learning German and I can kind of get, pick words out of that. And that's why I kind of thought they were, they might've been speaking German because there's a couple of words that are very similar, but, um, but yeah, I just. Danish I is, is there's a, a few sort of similarities with the Germanic language, but it is mainly a Nordic language. Yeah. But there's, there is, oh, yeah. it's. I think if you know Danish, I think it's not it's not dif- it's not very difficult for you to learn German, but it's still a Nordic language, so it's still got a, a it's still different. Yeah, yeah, very much so. so. Cool. It's you know, it's yeah. down here. It's not a language we hear very often, so it's nice to no, be no. swept. Up well, I remember I I used to live with a Danish guy years ago, and um, and he spoke like nine different languages just because of you kind of, that's just what you do when you live in that yeah. area. Because I said, oh, I was really, you know, I feel really bad because I don't know any Danish. And he basically went, why would you? It's a country of 3 million people of where that language is only spoken in that country. There's no need for you to learn Danish. It's yeah. like, even if you went there, pretty much everyone speaks English anyway and is happy to speak English because we learn it at school. So don't yeah. feel bad about it. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's like, yeah, here in Australia, like, what have we got? Like, the further north you go, the more bogan the language gets. That's about the worst. We've Pretty much. Got, so. You say a more <laughs> and but and stuff. A. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry. I was going to go back to what you were saying a second ago, Al, about, the, um, about how when um, Eben calls for the first time and, and, you know, like, she can't talk to the operator and say, hey, I'm actually calling the emergency services. And, like, apparently this happens a lot with domestic mm. violence situations yeah. where, you know, the operators are, are trained to uh, basically say, hey, if you can't talk right now, maybe just press a key on the keypad. Or, like, I think, like, they used to have ways, you know, tap on the phone. And, like, there's a whole system that they use yeah. to mm. um, help people who might be in situations where they can't actually talk. I was and interested really in that. fascinating stuff. I was interested in that because I know, I know this is fairly common, uh, which is heartbreaking, but it, it mm. is. Uh, and so the, I suspect, you know, I assume the, the people on the phones go through a, a large amount of training. There'd be a lot yeah. of, lot of things you'd have to cover and be able to respond quickly. And it seemed a little odd to me that a cop could just pop in and, fill in because he was suspended yeah like that's his demotion kind of thing yeah demotion that's what i was thinking it's almost like you know he's not a cop so oh well let's bring him down to the yeah and they and they painted the the other staff to be like boring and (laughs) you know sort of lesser people it's like he was definitely there under sufferance and you know he says at one point i apologize for the way i've been but that you know, there's just one bloke over the back, like tucking into his sandwich, and you know they all were all quite sort of boring, and it just didn't feel. I don't feel it did the justice. I know it was all to serve the story. Um, yeah, and, and he was and still it, in full uniform too, so he was still like in full police uniform and still carrying a gun. Was he? So I don't. Yeah, when he's when he stood up, he was still was still yeah, had his belt right. on. Yeah, still was yeah, carrying a gun. And okay. Well, just and how we actually, dealt with how we dealt with a lot of the other callers as well. Like he was very blunt. <laughs> yeah, so I found that yeah. all really 
interesting and, and great yeah. character development because you saw he, he started yeah. out. Don't waste my time. Yeah. But he start. I feel like he started out quite professional and, and, you know, he was running things correctly and talking to the right people and how appropriately to the right people and that sort of thing. Whereas as you got to know more about him, you know, you understand you, you like the first, uh, the first conversation with his partner where you're like, Oh, court's coming tomorrow. How are you feeling? You know, you could sense there was, they were going to have, they were lying basically. And initially I thought, uh, the part he was supporting his partner, um, mm. that his partner had done something and he was the, the his witness. partner was Rashid. That was his yeah, partner. Rashid, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, whereas obviously we learn later that it was him mm. and Rashid was, was supporting him, but it was, yeah. He kind of really likes to boss Rashid around. Like you can, I think he, yeah. this guy's probably the dominant force between the two and, He's probably quite when he was a cop. He was probably very arrogant and yeah, and that he, comes across bit of a god complex, maybe. A lot of the people that he speaks to through the day that know him are very short with him as well. Like they're yeah. like, "Oh, hey, you know, it's, it's Asgard," and then they're all like, "Dude, just fuck off, do your job, yeah. let, yeah, let us alone." Yeah. And they're very short with him, and they're sort of like they don't. It seems like they they all know him and sort of know what's happened and stuff and. And it's, there's a lot of very awkward conversations with a lot of people that know him. Um, a lot of people don't... There's the difference between, like... There's another person he rings um, that's really short with him and sort of has no time for him. Then there's the dispatch at North... at um, What is it? North Zealand. North Zealand, yeah. Who's, who's basically just tells him, it's like, you do your job, I'll do mine. Stop telling me what yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, she's good. But in the end, she's like, good job, you know, well done for all the work you mm. did today, for everything that you did above and beyond, well done, you know, it's it's worked out. Thank you. Yeah. Like, look, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's... Go on, Timmy. I was just going to say, like, it's, yeah, it's in that attitude of he demands answers, but without really giving the, inf- like, without helping as much as he probably should be. Like, when he's going back yeah. to North Zealand and they're like, well, how'd you go with the, How'd you go with the license plate number? And he's like, well, no, I don't have that. Just tell me how you're going. And it's like, well, we need more info, man. Like, we're yeah. trying. Yeah. We can't. What I found interesting is that when all this started, I was on his side of like, oh, I can see his his police officer tendencies are taking over. And that's that's because he gets results, you stupid chief. But like, <laughs> <laughs> But as you found out more about him... I found his actions much more reckless. Yeah, and, definitely. And I found harder to uh, to go along with. Like when she's well, his his calls to Michael's are a perfect example of that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but even like him telling uh, Eben to pull the handbrake was oh. like super reckless. Like. Yeah, I just found the like the lack of responsibility in that action. Yeah, I think the, this the also, worst one. Sorry, go, Brad. I was just going to say that. The, the, no, I think what you were going to say, where he tells her to basically grab something and hit him over the head. Oh, yeah, no, well, that's no, sort no, of I'm the next. Go way before that. Yeah, but this also is like one of those things where you know, at the moment, where you know, as a planet trying to be more. Um, you know, thinking about other people and not going for stereotypes and, and, you know, not automatically just thinking that someone can't do something because they're female, black, whatever. Mm. But, and, and it really, this really sort of hit me in this film is that when we find out what's going on, we, without even questioning it, thought that it was Michael that had done everything. Yeah. That it was Michael that had abducted her. We just, that's just, okay, yep. They didn't even question, hang on, maybe there's something else go here. And then once yeah. it actually unfolded, I went, wow, yeah, I didn't even consider that maybe there was another option. And, and there's that moment where he realises what's going on. Oh, man. That's where, uh, where Asgard realises what's going on. And like, I've got to say, the facial expressions and how this guy carried this film with his acting ability yeah. was yeah. unreal. But the mm. absolute genuine look of shock and terror that he had made, he had assumed and assumed badly was portrayed excellently from this guy. 
Yeah, it was, it was so like it, it was literally that moment where she says the snakes and yeah, he's like, sorry, what? <laughs> and it was just like heartbreaking. Like, so you guys like, uh, there was a point. Um, actually I'll make two points here while I've got the, uh, the zoom, uh, little focus on me. <laughs> the, <laughs> I want to go back to what we were talking about a second ago about him starting to make reckless decisions. And it's like, when he was talking to uh, Matilda on the phone and, you know, he's talking and she's like, oh, I don't want to wake the baby. He's like, no, no, go lie with her. Sorry, go lie with Oliver, the baby. And I'm like, straight away, it popped into my head. I'm like, have, like we don't know how Oliver is. We, yeah. we heard that Michael, the father, was screaming at Oliver and going nuts. And I'm like, I'm like hang on, you're telling her to go lie with her. And it, that was the first time it popped in my head. I'm like, I think that baby's dead. I don't yeah, think I thought that, that too. Alive yeah. And, and yeah. he's just gone. And I, I kind of knew that he, I knew that he was dead. And then when yeah. the conversation, when the cops got to the house, wow, oh, yeah. brutal. Fuck. And there was a there was a moment um, not that long after that when I think it was after the cops find the baby, like after they find Oliver, and they're like, "Yeah, Oliver's been killed." And there was a moment that popped into my head where I went, "I kind of feel like maybe because it was a movie and I was expecting a twist." I was kind of like, I kind of had this idea it might be Eben that's done it. I, I didn't know why Michael would have grabbed her and taken her. I kind of thought to myself, maybe Michael's got her and he's going to go and take her into the woods and kill her or something because of what she's done. But I kind of, oh, yeah, just a little bit. I was just like, maybe she did it. And then I kind we're of also, went, nah, We're getting a lot of information from the from a, what, how old was she? Five and six months or five six, and eight months or something? Six and a half, yeah. yeah. Six and a half or something. And anyway, so we're getting a lot of the information from her saying yeah. daddy came around and yelled at mummy and, and dragged mummy out by her hair. And he had yeah, a Yeah, absolutely. That's so, it. of course, we all thought that with that. But that's the thing. It's like we're getting, we haven't got all the information to make a decision, but we'd all made a decision just on very, on the small amount of information that had been delivered to us. Yeah, but see, that's stunning script writing in my oh, absolutely. eyes. Because it's like they're, they're definitely leading you down one direction they've planted all these things that on a second watch again i didn't get back to this one but um on a second watch you'd be like oh yeah these are definite like they're you know they could go either way yeah but because yeah, we're because we have these social biases and yep uh and expectations then you're you're naturally led down a particular path which makes the flip all the more uh effective yeah Um, yeah and and like you were saying brad that the acting of of old mate of asgan 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 yeah asgan yeah uh or as he says it that was good (laughs) (laughs) it's spectacular in that moment because he's he's literally mirroring the realization that you're having as the audience like yeah you know because we're only in this one room he's our he's our window to this story and it was just like jesus christ and like yeah the general reaction of when you find out and asgard finds out whilst he doesn't say it my reaction was Oh, I was just like, God, like, I'm like, seriously, like, you just yeah. kind of blindsides you a little bit. Like, yeah, I and you want to ask, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, like, I was just gonna kind of lean it towards as good actions we were mentioning before about his recklessness. Now, obviously, he's really on board with like trying to save this woman, you know, like, like Brad said, given the information that he's been given, you know, he's trying his very best to get everything done to save this woman's life, or you know, like, yeah. He believes saving this woman's life. You know, do we think that him? Do, do we think that what he's done and the and the a lot of the instructions that he's given? Do we think they're wrong? Do you think that he definitely shouldn't have done what he did, or is he just going above and beyond the call of duty to try and save this person's life? You know, like it's, I think that I think he was probably doing the right thing. thing. And he had the right intentions. It was just his intentions were a little bit misguided. Like he even says to Michael that, you know, he starts yelling at him and says, you know, you should be executed. You know, you're going yeah, to end up in jail. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And Michael would have been sitting there going, I'm taking this mentally ill person back to their, you know, to where, to the institution that they need to be in. And yeah. so, and, but we don't know that obviously at the time. And, 
um, yeah, look, it's one of those things I thought about it afterwards. And it's like, yeah, okay, that, that Michael probably took it all into his own hands too. He probably should have just called the police and had her taken away. But he was actually trying to do everything by himself. And Ben yeah. even explains his situation later. He says, I've tried to get help. The government wouldn't help. No one would help. You know, that's, mm. I've, I've tried everything. Um, and because of that, now my son is dead, you know, that no one wanted help. Well, yeah, and, and I think that's why he took her by himself because the system has failed her on countless times. Mm. And so he's, he knows that, because at the end of the day, he still cares about her. Like he still, he's watched her go through all this stuff. So he's taking it upon himself to get her help. This is... This is this whole thing where, like, and, and the whole issue that we have with mental health on a global basis at the moment is that Denmark's one of the most progressive countries on the planet with possibly one of the greatest healthcare systems that is available to its citizens for free. So they're extremely sort of like, they're a, it's a, I don't want to call them a socialist country, but like everybody pays a high amount of tax. Yeah. But Education is free. Healthcare is free. Hospitals are free. University is free. Once you actually get to university, the government actively pays their citizens to leave the country and go somewhere else and pays <laughs> you to... They, they do. So the guy that I was living with was being paid by the Danish government to not be in Denmark, to be educated outside of Denmark, preferably in a non... Like in, a, in an English-speaking or some other country. His rent was being covered. He was being completely and utterly looked after by the Danish government because their whole theory was that if we want to be a global force and, a, and someone that can be, our people can be respected, we need to be able to be global people. Um, but then they go back. But his, like, his Medicare system, all his health and everything was being looked after by the government. But the, the thing is, there's, you know, nothing comes for free. So everybody pays this decent amount of tax. So I think most mm. people pay 50% tax. So we're talking that the, a, a country that is ultra forward thinking um, and does all this stuff, has all this healthcare system, that this person still managed to slip through the gaps and still managed to not be helped in yeah. probably one of the most in one of the, the one of the only places on the world where there was probably the greatest amount of help available and it still managed to happen yeah and this is this issue well, with mental health because it's not physical because you can't see it because you can't touch it you can't feel it that's different in everybody it's stigma, it's different. It's stigma. And, but they talk about um michael's you know like the 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 main reason Michael hasn't got kids and why he's been so shunned is because he has a criminal past and like we don't know what his criminal background was, but it's just like because I did like, mention what it was. Yeah, it? didn't you say assault? Assault or something? Oh, okay. So maybe I mean like then you you've even got it. It was you're right actually. It was assault. But I mean, there's a possibility that there was a situation where, you know, not not to be victim blaming or anything, where you know like this assault charge possibly came from like even herself being like, oh, Michael's assaulting me to try and get him away from the kids. Maybe. And like, you know, because she says, it's Matilda who says, I'm not allowed to talk to daddy. I'm not allowed to talk. She, she wasn't even allowed to write down his phone number. That's why she remembers it and says it mm. to, to Asga. You know, like it's, is it, you kind of go, oh, it's a bit of a, you know, perhaps what even has done through her mental illness is abuse the system to get rid of Michael and just totally eliminate him uh, from the family kind of thing. I mean, we just don't know. This is this is the thing. You know, we you know, we only know what Asga knows, and, and mm. um, you know, so yeah, yeah. It's it's. I think this this whole movie is is about mental illness. Like that's what this movie is about. Like obviously, it's about this situation, this kidnapping. But it's the. I think the real point of this movie is mental illness. Like, you know, what we go. Why is Asga? in this phone center and it's when he's, you know, when he's talking to even on the phone, when we think she's about to jump off the bridge, you know, he's talking about, you know, this guy, Asuka is obviously suffering some pretty serious post-traumatic stress from his work. You know, he talks about and how a, he And a massive he decision that he made. Yeah. So he yeah, basically right. has decided to execute someone, you know, like he talks when he's talking to Michael, he's talking about to Michael, he's like, you should be fucking executed. And then, and then he's talking about this 19 year old kid who, did something really bad. Now we don't know what it was, but Asger made the decision, oh, fuck you. And just obviously pulled out his gun and shot him dead. And, you know, like you got to think about uh, a police officer's mental, their mental well-being. How, how bad does it have to be for a police officer to just snap and shoot someone dead, you know, with no justification. So it, yeah. So like, I kind of like the whole movie kind of reflects. Well, it was justified in his mind at the time. 
Yeah, that's it. Well, he basically wanted to, what does he say? He said he wanted to erase, well, no, he wanted to remove someone or something like that. He's like, thing, I think he person, said. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he like a to remove taxi, taxi driver esque, you know, I'm the rain, which is the filth from the street. Watch the filth, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, you know, so there's, there's definitely some heavy, heavy, heavy topics, like without the graphic, uh, you know, without the graphic part of the story that we get, you know, that we receive, like there's a whole lot of this, like, you know, mental illness undertone about the film, you know, that we, um, yeah, kind of, I'm kind of just like rambling on a bit now, but yeah, like it's, it's, there's a lot of layers to this movie. Like a lot I mean, of layers, like it's, it's not just it's a story being that When Asgard, um, did shoot that nine-year-old kid. You know, he was, you could almost look at it from, well, maybe he was in a position where, a position of power that he was abusing. Mm. And through this whole traumatic experience with Ivan and, and Michael and, and the two kids, you know, by the end of it, he's, he's coming to the realisation that he was, to a degree, abusing his power. Yeah, And he effed up big time. And it's only through, it feels like to me, through this whole experience, he's finally coming around to realising that what he did was was just messed up. And, yeah. And that he's now got to face that. Because it, it was all cool up until then for his partner to lie for him and all this sort of stuff. Well, see, I think there's a, a uh, lot that he's, he's learned that he... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Uh-huh. It, it, a lot that he's learned, uh, you know, that he, he was... He's definitely learned that he was wrong in, in killing the kid, but it's because, you know, he I, I don't know what the kid did, the 19-year-old, but I'm going to assume that, let's say he killed his someone, he killed his partner, right? So this this 19-year-old's murdered his, his girlfriend, so to speak, and then Asuka's come along and killed the uh, this 19-year-old kid, and he's all like, yeah, that's right. And there's probably more to the story where, you know, he's realised that, you know, it may be this person deserved uh, to have their trial because there might be more extenuating circumstances that like that he's experienced with even like, you know, for the whole story, he thought even was the victim and we feel sorry for her. And then he finds out that, that she's the one that actually went ahead and killed the baby. And, you know, if you kind of go with that mentality that Asga would have originally had, he would have been like, Oh, well, you're on the bridge. You killed your baby. Why don't you just jump? But he doesn't. He wants to save her. And, you know, he's like, oh, he actually says, he goes, you know what? Like, even it's not your fault. Like, this happened. I understand that you're really unwell. You didn't mean it, you know. So maybe there's a bit of self-reflection on what he's done with this other kid. And maybe this other kid, you know, he deserved to have his day in court for what he'd done because there might be more extenuating circumstances. There's more to the story. Kid. Okay. There's more to the story. He might have had yeah. mental illnesses that we don't know, but Asgard took it upon himself to be the judge, exactly. jury, and execution. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, well, uh, we'll, well, once again, we'll uh, take another word from our... As we got a different sponsor this week, but uh, we'll go yeah. back and they've, they've come on board again. So we'll, we'll do that and we'll be right back after these messages. Do you love sports? Do you love fitness? Are you a crazy motherfucker? Then come on down to Carnes Barn Sporting Center, San Dimas. By gully gumdrops, you love our range of bats, footballs, footwear, pogo stick things. Yeah! So hightail it down and get rowdy at Carnes Barn Sporting Goods. If it's good enough for Genghis Kern, it's better good enough for you. Jules, with what you were saying before, um, like... Do you reckon he, so basically when he finds out, and, and refresh my memory if I'm getting this wrong, but when he finds out that it's not Michael that's doing it, or that did these things, do you think that's when he has that mental shift of his own predicament? Like that's, that's yeah, what like triggers his own predicament as if to say, you know, he's now reflecting on what he's done. I think so. And realising like, you know, the, the whole movie, the whole movie he's gone on, like, you know, he's, presented with these facts and he's, you know, straight down the line and he thinks what he's doing is right, which I think is probably a big reflection of you know, his entire life. This is probably someone who thinks he's right all the time. Like he's like, he's probably quite egotistical. You know, he thinks he's always right. Like he, he's bossing people around. Like he's the, he's the big guy. Like you know, there's a, a real level of arrogance to this guy. And all of a sudden 
you know, his world and everything that he understands and everything that he thought that was correct and he thought that he was correct um, has come crashing down. And he's had this massive realisation of, mm. well, there's a grey area. There's an alternate, you know, like, you know, it, it, it's, yeah, like there's so much depth that you can apply yeah. to that. It's like, you know, well, cops and false interrogations is... This, you know, um, Go. This takes us back to our last big mental health movie of Falling Down, Falling Down where yeah. our main character was, through the whole film, thought that he was right mm. and didn't yeah, think he was exactly, doing anything exactly wrong right. and thought that he was making a difference and making everything correct. And then and that, at the and end... That, that also unfolded as you went. You realised how unwell he was. Yeah. He just mm-hmm. gets worse and worse. And, so maybe uh, this is not to the same extent, but still that sense of authority and and yeah. you know i can make a difference but definitely you know was it There's right a thing with um a lot of, of false interrogations uh, sorry um false confessions where cops or you know like these interrogators investigators they become so focused on what they think is right and they will use this interrogation technique called the read technique and they basically they just believe it so much that the cop believes he has the right guy that he just gets on these rails and he just refuses he just can't believe that there's another possibility and will mm-hmm. ultimately you know beat not physically but beat someone into submission until they finally you know make a false confession and it just shows how like like crazy it can be that someone can you know get into this mentality of thinking that they know what's going on and they understand everything and then like for someone to have a mental shift and be told no that's not how it is you're actually wrong or give that evidence like man that would be like that would be like punishing. It's like if you had a massive belief system, like if you believe more than anything in the world that the earth was flat and then someone gave you definitive proof that you, that is irrefutable proof that you can't deny that the earth is actually around and that, you know, you just have this massive realization that changes your world. So that's kind of how I saw that scene. You know, he's, he's just been given this information that has just rocked his world to the point where, you know, he's now questioning his decisions in his life and that's why he's kind of had this confession to even on the phone that's why he's like i killed someone you know i believed it you know, like i did it because i could you know and all of a sudden he's confessing to her and like that'll all come out now because he's just said it on a yeah on a, you know a nine one oh, sorry a two one one or whatever the number is yeah recorded like, cool yeah yeah like yeah, yeah he's just had yeah. this massive life shift to say you know, well that's actually what i thought at the end when he walks out the door and he's standing in the hallway and he reaches down, I actually thought for a moment that he was actually reaching for his gun and he was going to shoot himself in the hallway. I thought that as well a little bit. I, I really want to know who like, was calling though. I, I guessed he was call. He was either calling his wife or his partner. I kind of thought, yeah, maybe his wife or he's, he's actually going to call someone in regards to the court proceedings for the next day and be like, you know what? Uh, it's time for me to tell the truth or something. I, I'm not yeah. sure. Maybe he's calling his lawyer to say, I need to plead guilty. Or... Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. right. Like The guilty. You know, so... Because um, it was, because you don't... Yeah, I, I, yeah, you don't sort of... It makes sense. Yeah, it's like that realisation of why it's called the guilty comes very, very late in the film. There was no, there was no yeah. bonus points of someone saying the guilty in the film. But, you know... <laughs> I'm still waiting. Know. I'm still waiting for the Star Wars <laughs> movie that says, "What is this? Some kind of Star Wars?" <laughs> the, the thing is, like you know, like you look at the three—I guess the three main protagonists of the movie being Michael, Eben, and Asgard—and all three of them are guilty. Like you know, Asgard's obviously killed this young nineteen-year-old guy. Uh, Eben has killed her baby, and Michael, you know, like whilst he he isn't like you know guilty of murder or something like that he kind of he still should have done the right thing and called the cops he's created this even more dangerous situation by dragging his wife out of you know by the hair to the van and take it to a cycle so like you know everybody's making decisions that you know can be argued and people could say well that's not the right thing to do so it's kind of like in a way, it's like you say, who's guilty in this movie? And it's kind of like, well, kind of everybody's a bit guilty of something. They're so all like, the guilty. Except maybe the children, you know, like, except Matilda, you know, like she's <laughs> the most innocent person and, and older. Like these, these people Even his, uh, guilty, but... his partner Rashid's guilty as well because he's, um, yeah, like, he's basically lying. 
He's lying I, really liked, I really like that moment where well, he broke into someone's house. But... Yeah, I really like that moment where he was uh, uh, Asga was talking to him, and he's like, you know, you, you know, you can, you don't have to stand up for me. And he's like, what are you talking about? I lied on a statement. Like I'm screwed. I'm in yeah. this now. Like that was a really, mm-hmm. you know, like to show the real severity of what's happened was was terrific. Yeah, he was like having a go at him, like you can't get it conscious now, mate. You know yeah, I mean? that's like, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you've already screwed like everyone well. around you. Yeah. That's it. Like you get big trouble for making a false statement. Like that's you could you could depending on the circumstances, like you could do time for that kind of stuff. So. Mm. Um, well, you'd suspect so in this yeah, scenario just, as well. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, try to cover up a, a, a murder, so to speak. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, do you want to hear what Adam thought? Mm-hmm. Nah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, he chose it. Yeah, I he chose <laughs> it. Of course I do. He I, chose I have, it. Got, just before you tell me, like, I just want to say, man, I'm like, I, I'm really glad he chose this. Like, this movie's like right up my alley. It is just like, it's not a nice movie, but I really appreciate him choosing this film. Yeah, like I had somebody, I, <laughs> I had somebody ask me once, you know, someone I was working with, so I didn't know them that well, and you know, you know, I, I bang on a lot about film all the time, and they were like, "Why do you like movies so much?" And I'm like, "Oh, because, you know, I went on this like rant of like, oh, because I get to feel things, you know, like I get, I get to be put in situations I'd never have to put myself in. I get to." experience different emotions and like i was a mess last night like you know my partner uh-huh. asked at one point she's like are you all right like i'm like not really this is really hard and like, you know it was just yeah. yeah and i got to the end of it and i'm like i'm so glad i saw that like it was terrific mm. and yeah even though the experience itself was was difficult it's like well i think um, yeah that's the that's the beauty of it isn't it? it's like these are such horrible stories to hear, but they're stories that have to be told, you know, people need to know about it. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I liked, I liked how I was like mixed about how he got, this is me just nitpicking now, but how he got other calls in between. Oh Uh, yeah. The the woman on the bike. The bit that irked me, (laughs) the, the bit that irked me was that they were like, rubbish calls like that he you know he fobbed them off i would have been fascinated to see another serious one that he just dealt with he's like you know this is also serious yep this is on the way this is happening and he deals with it and it's mm. done and do you know what i mean but instead they were like not mm. not joke calls but you know nothing was important Lower priority calls. yeah nothing is important well, and he says reflect um this could reflect a lot of, of, you know, how that particular, you know, area is dealing with most of their calls. Maybe that's why they put him in the emergency services operator. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. Then... And that's why everybody else in the room is kind of just having a sandwich. Oh, because yeah, because there are really a lot of like low crime areas. Dudes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, most, most of the issues are probably just really, you know, not to be dismissive, but they're like low end issues. Yeah, and sure. he's just happened to get this one serious one that's happening. You know, like, maybe I, I don't know. That's just an assumption, mm. but uh, like, I, I would imagine that like a nine one one operator in you know like Los Angeles, for example, would be dealing with a lot of shit. Whereas I think of what Asga would be dealing with. Uh, it, you know, there's probably quite a, a difference there between the levels of shit that they have to deal with. I guess. Well, you're talking about a, a country that has a population less than the population of Melbourne. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this exactly. guy's dealing in a small, a small area in that country. So he's not, yeah. population-wise, he's not dealing with a lot of people. Yeah. Plus, yeah, I think, you know, absolutely. maybe in compared to New York, I think the Danes are probably generally probably a little bit better behaved <laughs> when it comes down to <laughs> that sort of stuff. Just all the Danes I've met have been pretty normal you know, polite, well-behaved people. Met quite a few of them. Mm. Like you know, yeah. I tell you what, um, how robust are those headsets, though? Like, geez, they get thrown. Yeah, yeah. Well, they get thrown about a lot. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like every. Was... I reckon that's why headsets have almost gone out of fashion because people just keep throwing them around. Like, you, always <laughs> see, you always see, like in the military, someone in one of those underground bunkers and they're looking at radars and stuff, and they're throwing headsets at the thing. <laughs> you're just like, oh man. 
I was fascinated by the uh, the the Bluetooth flashing light. I, found, I was just about to say I was mes- I was mesmerised mesmer- by that blue yeah, flashing light because I found it like it was definitely there on purpose. You know, like yeah. It, they, well, the shot kept being from that left side of oh, sorry from the right from side the right of your side. Head. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely like. Something like kept... I think it was wired though. Like it was definitely a wired um, headset, Maybe. wasn't it? I thought it was a wired. Headset. No, it was Bluetooth. Like, no, I think it, no, because I think he walks back into the other room, and I was, there was also uh, something I thought. Well, how does he connect to whatever he's doing? Because he kept that headset on, walked back into the other room, and just instantly connected to that other phone system. Right. So I don't know what the range of those okay. things is. Maybe it's a meter or something. But... Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, I thought that was. Uh, really... No, I didn't know. Uh, I thought it was good because it, it, it signifies that even though we might, might not be able to see the red light that's above his desk to signify to managers or whoever's around that he's on call, it just also, like, I can't, I thought it was good because it shows that even though, like, you know, they're filming this and I don't know if he's actually talking to someone on the phone. Like, they, they read the dialect. Sorry, like, the script, they, they read it. So I'm getting a bit tongue-twisted here. Like, I was like, do you reckon they were actually running lines through the phone to him? Like, you know, he's talking to someone yeah, actually talking to someone on the other end. I was often wondering about phone calls in movies and how they do it because it was seamless. The conversations that he was having with people on a single camera shot, like the camera wouldn't change, and it was just seamless. And I'm like, oh, there has to be someone on the other end of that phone yeah. doing the lines. Unless well, someone was reading to him off screen. He had a, he had oh, a yeah, screen possibly. in front of him as well, remember? Then we, we hardly ever saw the screen, just sometimes we saw the screen. There's a high possibility that his lines were maybe being spoken to him on the other end of the phone. Definitely. Um, or, or that he had them the written converse. down in front of him. Either way, great mm. cinematography. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really well done. So, anyway, Al, you're going to tell us what Adam thought. Oh yeah, right. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Adam. Oh yeah, Adam, that guy. Uh, he said, right. was tangent. One of the one of the headliner films at MIF 2018. <laughs> I took my mum to see it as she watches a lot of Scandi crime drama on SBS. I'm like, oh, what a hell of a film nice. to see with your mum. It's no love, actually, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, we both enjoyed it, uh, even if the main twist was especially brutal. I love the single location film, especially the challenge of holding the audience and creating richness despite. Uh, the Guilty definitely ticks those boxes. It excelled at that challenge and is a mastery of great script and storytelling, extremely well executed intention, pacing and nuance. Very well shot and lit. Well cast, an excellent audio mix. It was my favourite film of 2018 and unlike many I've seen. So there you go. Um, Yeah, a lot of stuff we, you know, we talked about too. It's like, great. It's bloody great. Um, That's a big call though. Favourite film of 2018. Yeah, it goes back to the single location film we were talking about. I mentioned Buried earlier, which was 2005, so I might want to correct me on that. But, um, you know, like, it, it, I think it's really important with these sort of stories that you really are engaged the whole time. And I remember Barry, I remember Barry, there was, you know, the guy's in a coffin the whole time. Yeah. I remember a snake got in there somehow in the film. And I'm no. just like, there was that point, I'm just like, this, this is the point where they're like, we're running out of stuff. We're running out of ideas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's what I thought about when I compared it with this because you just hooked and you just hooked on the dialogue with this. You don't need that sort of stuff. You don't need things catching on fire, snakes coming in. Well, you know, we, I mean, effectively, not so much, but effectively the breakfast clubs, you know, pretty much entirely in the library. Um, And again, that's a, that's a very script heavy film. Uh, the other one I thought of was 12 Angry Men, which is all in the... Um, Ooh, that's on my list. Yeah, all in the court, oh. in the jury yeah. room. It's an older, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's black and white. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's a really good film. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but yeah, and how that's all, you know, dialogue. But even, um, I, I suppose, Castaway as well, for the most point of it, is, mm. you know... Yeah, is, yeah, You know, one person... One person in a volleyball for most of the film, so yeah, true. What do you reckon the budget on this movie was? It would have been like eighty bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not a, lot. a camera. A camera <laughs> two rooms and Shoot it on phone. Headsets, you know, like 
Mm. Yeah. I reckon there was a lot of uh, a lot of the extras were actually people in the crew. Like you know, the the guy that was doing the catering was you know one of the dudes just sitting. He was there. eating the sandwich. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and things. So but, now- but you know what? It just proves that that it doesn't take you know a, a bazillion dollars of special effects and everything to make a good film. Yeah, shows like, this how is an extremely low budget film. Yeah, shows how effective yeah. a, a great script is. Like, yeah. Yep. Do you think, though, that if this was... Because realistically, there's a high point that, especially at the moment, that uh, this is going to be remade into an English version. Um, It just won't be as good. Like, it just... If Hollywood gets their hands on this, they'll just somehow manage to... They never are. Put a snake in it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it needs more snakes. Which is which is horrifically topical <laughs> for this oh, film, a actually. Oh, there's snake in my office now. Oh, God Because actually yeah, there are yeah. kind of snakes in it. Uh, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Actually, if there's one thing I learned from this film, that a snake is actually schlangum. <laughs> I would have said schlangum. In Dutch. <laughs> All righty. It's got to be time for my yeah. favorite segment, right? Oh, have we been oh, waiting for this? Yeah. <laughs> I've thought long and hard about this and come up with nothing. So it's up. It's now time <laughs> for every film has a shared universe. Oh, Brad's oh, running back. Does Brad have something? Oh, Brad might have something. Brad, Sorry, what have you got for to... every uh, shared universe? What? Sorry, what? I was checking on my bread. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but this is your segment, uh, Brad. Um, yeah, this yeah. is the segment um, you're best at. Look, really, I'm just going to have to say this, but rarely, and I know it's very uncommon of me, but I haven't got anything for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got something, you know, like, I mean, Ted, Ted's dad is a... Is it's a always cop. Ted's dad. It's always Ted's dad. <laughs> 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 yeah. Or Rufus. Ted's, dad, Ted's dad's a cop and, you know, like, maybe they're long-distant cousins. <laughs> maybe the family originally came from overseas. Like, you know... Anything I got one. I got one. Oh yeah. All right. So in the in the in the five minutes before cameras started rolling, right? This guy's been at work for most of the day, right? So not in the film at all. Just not in the film. It doesn't matter, it's part of the shared universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, continue. But in the five minutes before the camera started, he was there, he was receiving calls, and one of the calls was a wrong number. From Bill and Ted in the phone booth. Ah! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, sorry, wrong number, dude. <laughs> we were trying to call ancient China. Well, there you go. With all these phones. I was like, I got to the end of this, and I'm like, oh, there's a phone connection. Easy. <laughs> Although. Bill would have been like, oh, that dude sounded Danish. <laughs> I think what, it was like the pastry? Dutch. <laughs> um, yeah. Pastry loving dude. The, there's only one problem with that. I like the theory, but like, you know, you look at the numbers that Bill and Ted dial in the booth. It's like, you're like, it's really long. The number for the emergency services is 211. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that's, that's a hell. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it's irrefutable, all right? No, no, I love it. It's brilliant. Wow. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, we're done. Yeah. We're done on that? Okay. <laughs> no, have you got more? Have you got more? Unless you well, got something better. You do tend to pull something out of the bag. Nah, no, well, I was thinking... Um, Is nah, nah, it's too much of a long shot because they're different. No, do it, do it, do it, do it. I was no, gonna, no. I was gonna say something to do with the white van and how maybe that was like Bill and Ted's, like it's a second hand car that's been painted white, <laughs> white stallion's van that they used to have. Fair but enough. it's just the bow, I'm stretching that. I'm so, like, what are you saying? Bow. You're saying that Bill and Ted they moved overseas, got married, one of the princesses had a mental breakdown. It's actually not Michael, but Ted in the van. Well. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> oh, That's dark. Why? It's so dark. What, what, what happened? What, what, what if, excuse my story, if when Bill and Ted did a bit of their first kind of international tour, they toured in their white van and got rid of it at the end and Michael ended up buying a second hand 
Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go with that. It's a bit nicer than what I said. <laughs> it's irrefutable. Thanks, guys. Irrefutable. <laughs> Love it. All right, ratings. Hey, uh, ratings. Did yeah. um, Adam send us a rating? He did. He said confession. And I'm not sure I can talk to Adam anymore. He says, haven't seen Bill and Ted for years. Really need to revisit. He said he may have rewatched in Anniversary Cinema, if not for Corona. Uh, that aside, I'll rate it 80%. Mainly because I oh, love okay. it, but not the easiest watch. Uh, and the fun versus the heavy factor. Sorry, Adam, where's the fun in this film? <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, the woman on the oh, he's talking about Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is refreshing to like a, a lot of the listener gets kind of built. This is the first time I reckon it's built. Yeah. Especially for his favourite film of 2018. Yeah, yeah. 2018 was not the year of Bill and Ted. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy to go. Uh, I, sure. I think, go. Uh, man, I, I really liked this movie. I, you know, in the content, no, is it, awful, but the way the movie's done, like I watched it twice in two days. Um, it it oh man, it just nailed it in terms of the kind of cinema that I want to continue to watch. You know, like I'm just so happy to be getting away from a lot of Hollywood films and things like that. So, uh, yes, I I give it I give it like ninety eight percent. It's way up there. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, oh, 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 oh. Tim's off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm oh, look, I'll go. Yeah, look, Jules, I'm similar to you in terms of, like, I just, I was just into this film from the get-go. I, my concentration was through it the whole time. I was hooked on it. Um, again, it's probably, it's a hard film to go back and watch numerous times, therefore, from a Bill and Ted perspective, yeah. I've got to give it lower than... You know, from a quality type film, hell yeah, it's up there. But from a against Bill and Ted type scenario, which is what we're doing, um, <laughs> I reckon I'd give it probably around sixty-five. Nice. Ooh. Really loved it, though. Really loved it. Al, you're next. Yeah, uh, look, I'm exactly the same, Timmy. I'm going to sound like I'm copying you, but I love this film. I I very much enjoyed it. it was riveted. Uh, but it made me think very hard about our rating system this episode. And <laughs> in term, you know, compared to Bill and Ted, yeah, this is this is going to sit at sixty percent for me because I'm like, I love this film. I would like to go back to it maybe one day, but I think it's going to take a very very long time. But I'm yeah. but I'm stoked. Yeah. I'm stoked that I've seen it. And look, I don't think we've acknowledged that you know you two, Al Brad, I'm talking about. You know, you've got young families, so this would be yeah. really home for you too. And we haven't really touched on that. It's kind of been put to so, put to the side, which you know, bears it may. But um, yeah, I can. I, watching it, I did think of you. Too, and then it would be super difficult. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. explained the tears streaming down my face last night. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like as as I said, I was like physically wanting to vomit when uh, when that sort of started to. Fold. Unveil about what had happened to to Oliver, and yeah. it was like I'm not, I'm not in the right mind to be yeah. watching this. Like I know it was a really, and it's a film and everything, but it was just the because this film made you have so many mental visions. That mental vision, yeah. No, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But that's how, that, once again, though, that's how good this film was that it could evoke that emotion through mm. just someone talking is that it gave that. So that's why I'm, like, I'll quickly give my rating. I'm going to go the same as Adam. I'll say 80%. I think it was an absolutely excellently written film and excellently acted by the, by the guy. Do we even know the name of the guy that was the main actor? Jacob. He was, Jacob. He was fantastic. I'm going to give yeah. him a, a huge thumbs up on his effort in this just to portray the drama was fantastic. So I'm going to say, I'm going to give it an 80 as well. I will recommend it to a hell of a lot of people, but I will warn them that it's not a nice film, but or that the topics aren't nice. It's a great film, but it's not a nice film. Mm. Um, so I'll say 80%. It was, I'm not going to say it was a hard watch, but it was, it was at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Yeah. Whew. Thanks, Adam. All right. Yeah, yeah no, look, and thanks, Adam. As, yeah. I had to walk away from this film for a couple of hours before I got back, like, and got back to it. And then I sat there and watched it last night. And I'm glad that it, this was done because this is an excellent film. But if you're, if you're not in the right mindset to watch this, I probably wouldn't recommend you watch it until you're, yeah. in, until you're ready to watch this. This is a pretty yeah. serious film. Mm. Yeah. Cool. All right. Next. Wow. Announcement. Next. <laughs> um, it's exciting times, you know. We need a bit of excitement in our lives being in lockdown, and this is it. Uh, the new Bill and Ted film, guys. I think it's already released in the US. Yep, it's out. Reviews um, are positive. I'll get it in 2025. Um, Al, what, what, what are our plans here? We're going to... We're going to just shoehorn it in, I reckon. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but this is episode 88, making the next episode 89, the year of our fathers. So it seems perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It seems the perfect opportunity to check out this, this final, uh, I don't know, entry the the yeah. wrapping up of the trilogy of the Bill and Ted saga, uh, and let's you know let's be honest, this is a huge risk not only for us personally but for the podcast. Either everything we've done until this point is right and just, or <laughs> <laughs> there may be no recorded episode next time. Yeah, so what we're going to do is so next episode in two weeks, we're going to tackle Bill and Ted Face the Music. We may even have a special guest. We may two. have some guests, yeah. We'll see how we go. So, see if we can line yeah, up we'll schedules. Try and, yeah, try and tee something up there. So that's huge. That's going to be big, big time. It's very big. exciting. It's big. It's I'm most nervous. triumphant. Yeah. <laughs> um, supposed to be I'm, I'm very nervous. I'm very yeah. nervous about this film. Uh, yeah, I'm, go- yeah, I'm going awesome. in with, I'm going in with some very low expectations. I'm sorry, fellas, but <laughs> that's okay. Mm. That'll make you for an interesting episode. Do, yeah. Well, it will exactly right. I'm just mm, yeah, uh, mm, I'm just worried. Uh, I'm really worried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. Well, um, let's call today a day. Um, it's a thanks, day. Adam, for, thanks, Adam, for your great suggestion. Please do put in suggestions. Um, we love them. At Sandemus Film on Instagram or on Facebook, Sandemus School Film, SandemusFilm at gmail.com. Do send us uh, movies to watch. We love it. We love interacting with everyone. And we'll see you next week for Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh. Be excellent to your ears. Potty on dudes. <laughs>